I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they give the Najee through the hole. He takes on defenders. He grinds and gets across the 40 to the 45-yard line. And a first down for Pittsburgh. Tyron Matthew made the stop. Indeed. And that offensive line was powering Najee Harris's run. And believe you me, as Max, you were talking about in the first hour, and now we talk about it in the power hour, as we start to unveil, unwrap our MVPs, our game ball guys. You got to, in my mind, the first one I got to give to the fat guys up front. Up front, fat is where it's at. A cultured fan knows that's who gets the job done. Absolutely. So we're not doing individuals. You just pick five game balls right out the gates. Well, is, is, that, well, is that how we're doing this? Well, I'm just giving one to the offensive line. And they Listen, you know how it's been. It's been a little rough for them, right, all season long. You're hearing yeah. a lot of stuff and, you know, this and that and pointing fingers. And by golly, when a good job is done well, you gotta you got to point it out right away. And these guys, they've been under the gun all season long. And I saw yesterday – what I saw again this morning confirmed with the film is that they were rolling back the line of scrimmage on the opposite side of the ball. No, they absolutely were. And, you know, and, and once again, I, I, I am I am not hating on the fact that you gave it to the entire offensive line. I thought the entire offensive line deserved a game ball. I just thought we would kind of go, you know, <laughs> back and forth with each one. That's okay. And Let's but, break it down. But now – We've now separated into 17 left of available <laughs> options after this. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, I, I think, I, you know, uh, Chooks, you know, first of four. I'll start off yes. with Chooks. Let's start off. Um, I, th- I thought, you know, you, you pulled the tough assignment. Um, you, get, you get mainly Cam Jordan and Ellis for the most part. Right. Um, that, sh- that you're dealing with. And uh, both very, very good um, defensive ends. Uh, Cam obviously has has his has his history. You know, this guy's a Pro Bowler, All Pro. Um, has done it at a very high level. Still doing it at a high level. Um, 
and it, it was a tough assignment that he drew, but I thought he had some great blocks, and especially the secondary um, efforts. Um, one, recovering the fumble, right? I thought that was huge right? for him to be in position to recover that fumble. But the one and, – and I've been I've been holding this since yesterday. Okay. And I, I need an explanation from you, Wolf. Okay. Because when I heard it, the mental picture just went crazy in my mind. Okay. You said like a rampaging rhino through the wicker department at Ikea. Yes. That was the full explanation. And, and for those of you that were either live at the stadium – um, or watching on television, did not hear this beautiful illustration. Um, Wolf was describing on a s- screenplay, right? Was it a screen or was yeah, it a toss it was, play? It was a screenplay. Okay. To the outside. Uh, and I just remember I was cutting behind the bench as this was happening because right. I was trying to track the play live. And 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 so you kind of look forward to make sure that the, uh, the, t- the TV – the TV cart thing is not going to run you over. It's not going to mow you down. So, hey, so as I'm looking, don't make this light way, of that. Yeah. I saw a guy in New York get his leg broken when one of those things ran over him. His leg. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And that's why I was like, so I'm like, I'm all my head's always on the swivel. That's right. Uh, when there you, you cut go. behind the bench and it's live action going because they will move at any moment. Um, but I just remember here that it was like. He's he's like a rampaging rhino going through the wicker department at IKEA. I was like, "Oh my god, what? What is this? I need to see the replay right now." Right. And it was beautiful. So I would love for you to just just set that up again because it was it, it, I mean, I I could visualize what you were talking about. Well, the thing about it was, you know, Chu he can run. That's the thing about it. Whether it's a toss, whether it's a screen, this young man is capable of Taking that three hundred twenty, I say three hundred and twenty pounds, and get out there in a fashion that uh, does not usually happen with three hundred twenty pounders. He gets out there fast, and he's capable of running over people. But he was using stiff arms to lock out on people to create this parting of the wave to be able to increase the yardage. I just thought it was terrific. He's like swatting people, you know. And the fact is, uh, he, he he created a swath by which. The back could go. I can't remember what the yardage was, but it was a positive play. And I've, you know, the thing about Chooks is a lot of people don't appreciate his athleticism as a right tackle. You know what right tackles are usually like, right? I mean, most people they want to get the big stone head, put him at right tackle, that sort of thing. Powerful guy, big, huge. Maybe not the most mobile. They'll, you know, have more of the athletic guy at left tackle. They've got Chooks at right tackle, and Chooks does a nice job of getting out on the run as long as he doesn't, you know, show pony it. You know what I mean? You know, back yeah. in the day, we used to call guys that got out on the run on the hoof on a search and destroy mission, you know, we'd call it being a show pony if you didn't get a good hit on somebody. Well, you know, sometimes sometimes you're just out there, you're prancing, right? You know, sometimes you <laughs> – Sometimes you got you got you got you got to show off. I almost show blew off, coffee uh, all yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't need that. I already had one spill last week. We don't. We yeah. don't need anything. I just took a little little snifter of it, and then you hit that one. Yeah, exactly. Stay away from all electronics. Don't need you short circuiting anything in there, right. Wolf. Got it. Uh, but you know, sometimes you got to press. Sometimes you a little high knee action. You know, put the calves on display. You know. I mean, you already, you already got you already got to put the high socks on. I mean, you know how else True. do you make yourself 
make yourself known. But yeah, there there's some prancing and dancing going on, um, but not not in this situation. I mean, Chooks was Chooks Chooks was like he was he was running traffic cop duty. Uh, right. He was you stop here. You, yes, stop you here. stop here. Boom, no, boom. you. No, my guy's coming. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Watch it. Watch it. Work being done here. I mean, he w- Yeah, he was definitely directing traffic because he was out there. And we all know how that feels if you're if you're an offensive lineman you, and Correct. you get out there in free space. You know, you want to run. It's just like when the you know when the, when, when the running of the bulls, right? You yes. know what I'm saying? Like, yep. And Pamplona, like, listen, this is my alleyway. Why are you jumping around with your little scarf around your neck and your white outfit? It's going to get ruined because this is my day. This is my path. This is not your path. This is bull crossing only. So if you're not a bull, <laughs> you're gonna get the horns, okay? And he was giving them the horns because it was it was his it was it was his time to shine. And there was no matador in the arena. The only the only thing was he was expected to get to where he was trying to get so that he could have the adoration of his teammates, and that's what he did. Exactly so. And you know what? Like you said, he gave up. There was a half a sack that was credited to Cam Jordan, and that's not even if it. You know, we don't even know if. Uh, uh, you know, it would be uh, because of of uh, Chooks. You know what I'm saying? There was a it number. It was an inside move. It, it was. was inside I didn't move. see. Yeah, I didn't it was see. A, it. it was a it was a looping stunt. So technically, okay. he came up the middle on that one. Okay. So yes, I, I will say I did see that one. Um, the Ellis one was one that you could probably credit him more for than than the one okay. on Cam Jordan. All right. Yeah. But he is the yeah, one thing. Just I'll for say, clarification purposes. Yes, and that's what we need clarification. The biggest thing about with Chooks, he's got the best hands as far as punching on that offensive line. You know, yeah. I mean, he's he's very, very good at the hand fighting. Cam Jordan was a good hand fighter. That was a pretty good battle. I wanted to highlight that in my uh, classic Jurassic Mediator matchup of the week, which I did on Friday. But uh, I, I'm definitely uh, – Chooks just had a good game, as did the whole offensive line. We go down to James Daniels. You know, one of the things I saw James Daniels again – Taking people off the ball. You know, this guy, he's such a powerful dude. You know, just watching him, yeah. it's like, my goodness, we want to see this each and every week because when he gets his ham hocks churning, man, oh, he can displace some people. Oh, he he, he can displace humans uh, with, with, with a very – with a very discourteous disposition, which I love. Right. Uh, in fact, one of, the, one of the moments I remember about James, he became Scuba James. Oh, Scuba. Um, yeah, when uh, when we when, when he when we had the uh, the fourth and, the fourth and short uh, the dive play for oh, yes. uh, Kenny Pickett uh-huh. under center, and like Kit, you thought Kenny launched out, James Daniels launched out. And I think he landed exactly next to Kenny. Like, the, he, he, he looked shot out of a kid. He was ready for the low angle. And I think the uh, D lineman sidestepped him outside into the B gap, which is his outside half. And he was shooting down to kind of form a wedge in the A gap. Right, And he correct. just – I mean, hydroplane. It was like fat guy on a slip and slide. You know what I'm saying? It was – it was amazing. I was like, listen, somebody somebody's shin would have been broken had they been actually standing in his way at that moment. And it was like – it's like he was like, no, we're getting this first down. You could see the effort. I thought that was a that was a nice highlighted moment that in my mind, watching the play and just seeing that, like, oh yeah, he was he was ready he was ready for the death. In fact, he was probably asking for it to come in his A gap versus between Mason and uh, Kevin Dotson. He's like, you should have came in the right side. Don't go left. Go right. It's right for a reason, right? And so, but he was ready to rock and roll. So that that was cool to see as well. All right. So then we move to Mason Cole. 
And uh, Mason, again, good, solid play at the center, directing traffic, making sure people are together. One of the things that I noticed over the past, uh, let's say the, the, the first you know, several, uh, eight games, is the fact of the matter that um, I thought they did a much better job of zone blocking schemes on the inside and outside uh, from the inner triangle, what I call the two guards in center. You got the three Bs there. Yeah. All right, so they did an excellent job of staying within their zone radius reads. You know what I'm I, – I, I'm not all that familiar if, personally with the zone schemes because I came up in a trapping scheme and I played with, uh, you know, with man blocking schemes the whole way. And the zone schemes were just – proliferating a little bit when I when I uh, was leaving the NFL so just watching them you know the, the, you can overstride on a guy that's in your zone lane but then you've got to release him to your man to your right or left and then come off and pick off the next guy that's on your uh, on your radar and it, to me that's got to be very difficult yeah no it, it is tough and, and he did do a good job in fact there was a couple of times where the um where the New, where New Orleans Saints actually went into a bear front on them. Yes. Um, which a bear is center is covered and both guards are covered. So you right. have usually a zero technique with two, what we call three techniques or outside shoulder of the, of the guards on both sides. And I thought Mason held his own against Shy Tuttle uh, on more than one occasion to create the gap to keep Najee front side on a lot of those things. Because Najee, you know, Every once in a while, has that propensity, but he but forcing his way forward so that Najee could continue forward. And uh, one of those plays he was talking about was that um, was that five yarder right early in the game. Yes, and talking about that was the epitome of kind of the mindset. That's something that Mason brought to the table. Yep, was that he was able to get that head front side and keep driving that backside shoulder with high hand pressure to keep the play front side, so Najee did not have to think. Oh, I got a two-way go. It was like, nope, you're going this way because this is where my body is. Yep. Keep the ball front side. And I thought Najee did a good job of reading off of that. And Mason was a big part of that success um, outside of being the conductor, uh, you know, pre-snap. Exactly so. And I, I just thought it was a great job. That was well well explained by you. Um, left guard, Kevin But Dotson. not Spillaned. No, not Spillaned. <laughs> Just explain. That <laughs> was just explained, man. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Dotson impressed me yesterday because I will tell you, when he got locked onto a guy in pass pro, he didn't go backwards, man. I mean, when Kevin Dotson is locked in and playing well, maybe a healthy body, all those things, uh, he's he's you know he's in the zone, he's he's killing it. This guy's this guy's a he he's just a a body beater, man. I mean, he just. He puts a beating on people, and when he locks on and pass pro, I mean, he, the, the other guy looks like a marionette puppet sometimes. Yeah, no, uh, George Foreman. George Foreman. That that's what I think of when I watch Kevin Dotson play. Okay, I like. I can see that, especially see with that. the big white gloves are taped up. I mean, he looks. He he fights like. But a he's prize got fighter. hair though. He's got hair on unlike. George. I mean he he's yeah. got hair, but it's a helmet, so technically it looks like he doesn't have. Okay, hair, right. You got a point. Smooth, shiny. Just yep. saying. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But the way that he delivers body blows, when he's allowed to physically fire off, I mean it, it, it's it, it it's like it's like the body shots that George Foreman used to give. Oh people, man. Right? Yep. I mean that 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 left hook and that right hook. I mean when he hooks it, I mean that's exactly what he does, and it is. It is very violent. 
is very unpleasant to experience. And he just he's just a physical spe- – the biggest thing, I mean, and we talk about this with Kevin, is just health, being available. But when he's available and he's on his screws and we're doing things like this, running the football, it, it's a thing of beauty. You talk about – Talk about mass destruction. Like, that's what he brings in the run game. So, I, I'm, I'm right there with you, whereas I look and I'm like, all right, this is exactly what, you know, what we need, what we needed from, uh, fr- from Kevin. And this was the perfect circumstance for him to really put his skills on display. And, I mean, he physically, uh, on, some of the, on, some of the, on some of those slants, I mean, oh. slant be gone. It was yeah. slant be gone. Slant like, be he, gone. <laughs> you know, it was like, it, it, was, yeah. like, it, was, like, it was like when you have detention and you, and you got to clean the chalkboard, you know what I'm saying? I like that, that That's exactly what he was. I mean, he was just, he was erasing it. He was erasing the chalkboard. Anything you wanted to do, you thought about doing it. If you came into contact with him, it just, you know, it was a straight divergence from, from what you were trying to do. Absolutely. <laughs> You know what? Well, I'm thinking about it before we move on to Danny Moore because – oh, by the way, I, I read George Foreman's uh, autobiography uh, some years ago. Yeah. And before the one of their, their classic matches, Foreman and uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, Ali went to the gym where Foreman was training before. Yeah. He saw the heavy bag that, that Foreman had been working out on, and the thing was bent like a banana because of the power – of George Foreman. And they said, yeah. and this was this was somebody who was there with Ali. They said Ali just was like blanched. <laughs> I mean, like the look on his face was like, you gotta be kidding me. Because the bag was so deformed from the heavy blows that Foreman would hit that bag with. And I thought that was very interesting. You know, George Foreman. Like he said, everybody's yeah. got a plan until you get hit with the right hand. Yeah, and that's the thing, and that that's what and you know it's funny. I was that's what I was referencing was because that was the power, and that's what I was thinking about yes, exactly. from the book as well, from the hooks. I mean, his hooks were right. devastating. Devastating. You're talking about like he meant to break ribs on every time he swung. Yes. Uh, in in a hook position, that's why you never wanted to get in a clinch with him or get tight with him. That and that's why. How you about know, not even getting the ring with him? <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> If you if you think you're fast enough to escape it and st- keep your distance, if you have a longer reach than him, I mean, you might have a shot until you get tired and your legs are gone. Um, but you know that that that's the whole point is that you don't want to get in the tight quarters with him, <laughs> just like you don't want to get in tight quarters with Kevin Dotson because bad things happen. And you know, not to say you're going to be peeing blood, but you might. You I might. Don't know. You just might. No doubt about it. And the last guy yeah. up front there. Because uh, we'll use this time then be able to go to break. But the last guy up there is uh, Danny Moore, who is just – he just keeps getting – you know, he's working at it. He's working at his craft. He's getting better. I just wish – if he could if he could get his feet planted more, if he was able to keep his kick step uh, consistent so he didn't get caught with his feet together. That's the one area where, you know, I think so much of this young man, it just watching him grow as that left tackle. I mean, it's hard. You're the left tackle. You know what it's like, Max. You did it. I yeah. mean, this was it's the hot box corner. You get the best pass rusher, time in and time out. And it's a difficult situation because you got some good pass rushers here in the AFC North, and you're going to get them, uh, you know, two times a year. And that's what they draft a guy for. They know, okay, we got to get somebody that can neutralize some of these hot pass rushers. And Danny Moore is the guy. And I, I, I love what I see in his growth. I'm looking forward to more. Uh, he, he, I want, I'll say this. He fights every play. 
Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, Dan- Danny, Danny, you know, ha- had a little bit of rough patches in some of the pass pro stuff. Yep. Um, with Passignon um, and Granderson. Passignon. Um, oh, that like El Francais. Well, you know, because I, I forgot what I, I think I called him Capacinan um, <laughs> earlier during the broadcast, and then I had to go back and read the pronunciation guide. Oh, yeah. Because uh, – but I heard Billy say it so effortlessly, and so, and, I and I was like – That's what happened to the I yeah, exactly. You know, he just he just knows. Boom, yeah. go to the pronunciation guide. If if something looks a little wacky, go to the pronunciation guide. Make it easier. But uh, but yeah, he he had some moments, and like you said, I think that's the biggest thing that Danny has to continue to work on is just consistency and confidence with your sets. Uh, you change your sets because you lack confidence in your set, and you're always like, okay, that didn't work. Okay, oh my gosh. Okay, so that sucks. Now I need to go to this. Okay, let me try this out. Okay, well, I did this, so let me try that. Once you start thinking about your footwork and then you're thinking about the play and then you're thinking about the guy in front of you, you've already, you know, thrown everything in the blender and spin it up in your mind, right? So now you're like, okay, I thought I had blueberries, I thought I had strawberries, I thought I had cream, and then you blend it all up and you're like, okay, it's a smoothie. It's a smoothie in my head, guys. (laughs) Too many thoughts going around at one time and – and so, and now you're trying to pick the strawberries out of a smoothie, essentially. That that's what he, that, you know, and that's what I see with Dan, is that he he's he's constantly thinking about it, and when you think about it, that makes you hesitant, makes you a little late, that makes your feet click, that makes you turn to the sideline too fast, like all of these things create a cascading effect um, on you in the game. But I like the mental toughness of Dan that you know he doesn't allow it to bleed into the next play. You know, now he's trying to just speed it up in his head, but it's going to come with reps and confidence is going to make him more consistent. I think he's getting those things, but once again, still young, second year in this position. Usually, guys, when you go to that left tackle position, it usually takes about three years to get it where you where where, where it's just right. You know, when you get in a car for the first time, Wolf, right? Then the seat is like you know you got that nice new car scent, but yet the seat's not quite where you want it. You got to you got to adjust the tilt. You got to yep. let it back. You got to change the back, the lumbar support. Where's my headrest? You're worried about, <laughs> oh, steering column, is it too low? Is it too high? Does it cut? Does it telescope or not? You know, you're worried about all these other things. But then when you've had the car for a while, you just go, and if you have that type of car, you hit settings number one. Or if nobody else drives your car, it's already set to how you like it when you get in there. That's what he's working towards. And that's the, and it takes time to get to that. So now there are exceptions to the rule, but there are more standards versus the outliers. Outlier being Joe Thomas, right? Correct. Joe Thomas came to this league, built like a left tackle, played like a left tackle. He was a left tackle. He is the left tackle, right? Yes. By definition. And then other times it takes a little bit of time to get into it. Think Jackie Slater, right? You know, and Correct. how he played so long, it took him a while to fall into that left tackle position. But then once he got it, he played 18 years in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? So, right. so sometimes it takes a little bit more time. Sometimes guys pick up on it quicker. But the standard is usually about by year three is when you're fully comfortable with what you're doing and the confidence in your set. You have your set, you know, kind of tool belt where you pull it out kind of, kind of like Batman, right? You know, I got <laughs> boom, I got the right thing for this. Okay, I know who this one is. Boom, I got this one for that. That's what, he, that's what he's working towards. But – Wolf, with that, we're going to step aside. Thank See, you. I got, I, yes. I got it on time this time. I did it without having to be reminded. 
And we're going to continue. We got more game balls out there. Yes. More superlatives to hurl upon these young men. So we will do that when we come back here in the locker room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN and SNR Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I might not have gotten as high this time, but uh, it was fun. I mean, those moments, it's hard when you're in the actual moment to feel. I mean, you just it's just full body chills. And it's like if you wish you could freeze time for this one second while you're looking around and people are going crazy. But uh, just super happy morning and get the win today. You know, that was the great T.J. Watt talking about his reappearance at AccraSure Stadium. Coming out of the players' tunnel, I can't even imagine what it was like because the house was rocking just big time, Max. When he took the field, it was almost like the crowd was anticipating that so much. It was like all this enthusiasm just poured out from the stands into the players. And I think part of being a great player, and, and which the Steelers have had so many over the years, but part of being a great player is your ability to lift others up. And he really does a great job of lifting other players up. Um, yeah, he. It's it's, you know, for every stick of dynamite, you need you need a match, right? Right. And he is that match. <laughs> <laughs> dynamite does not do damage until it's lit, and you need, you need fire for that, and you need a match, and that is exactly what T.J. Watt is. He is absolutely – well, he's more like a flamethrower. Let's just be honest. Could um, be. Could be. Or the pin yeah. that you pull on a hand grenade. <laughs> that 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 is true. That is true. We, we're that coming up true. with all, every sort of metal. By the way, but, think but about But you this. have to remove said pin. So, technically, he's the finger that pulls the pin. There, there, you, there you go. By the way, one go. I remember when my son was at uh, West Point, Kyle Jacob, right? He's at West Point, and thank you for your service, my son, by the way. Appreciate you so yes, much. Um, he's at West Point. I call him one time. It was in, like, August, and I'm up at training camp, and so I'm, I'm just calling him. It was his sophomore year, freshman year at West Point. And I said, I said, uh, what would you do today? He says, well, we learned how to throw hand grenades, Dad. I said, you learned how to throw? He goes, well, we threw hand grenades. I'm like, you're, you're kidding me. You, uh, what? Yes. You, you, and I was like, yes. First of all, I didn't even, I've never gotten to do that. I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, and, and here's the thing you were, you weren't like terrified for his life. You were just jealous that he got I to was. throw hand grenades. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, 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 that's when living vicariously through your children yes. just won't cut it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I want to throw a hand grenade. Wow. It's like, no. Next time, family weekend, we're throwing hand grenades. Where's your CO? <laughs> Refuse to let you go and do something that I wanted. I've wanted to do this my whole life, and you chose a school, and you go there, and you get to do it. Not fair. I, 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 I'm your dad. I'm throwing hand grenades. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, what are you going to oh, do? Oh, man. But anyhow, yeah, exactly. I, I digress because I took us away from our talking point, which – I often do because okay. I'm 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 wanting What's to uh, tangent. It's fluid. The show is fluid. We'll yes, it is. That. Show yep. is fluid. You said it yourself. So it's never off the tangent if we never hit the topic during the segment, <laughs> which we're about to do right now. Please proceed, sir. T.J. Yes. Watt. T.J. Watt again. You know, didn't have. Uh, I will say this. 
his ability to draw out all the attention from the opposing offensive coordinator is amazing. You watch right away. They tried to test him from the first play. They ran right at him. He and Larry Ogunjobi. I'll never that first play, man. I was all jacked up, and Larry O just stuffed the bejeepers out of whoever was across from him there. That was Cesar Ruiz, I guess. And uh, yeah. and and then you got uh, uh, TJ beat um, Ryan Ramchek to the inside, and they were they they combined together to tackle the dude for a one yard gain or something. But it was just outstanding right from the get go. They're going to test TJ. They're going to come after him. Hey, is that knee? Okay. Hey, is that, is that pec injury? Is that okay? Well, obviously it was. And then he goes on to make a big play later on when Andy Dalton is, uh, he's got green grass and high tides in front of him. He's going to make a first down. It's going to lead to, you know, continuing the drive. And he comes up and swats the ankle out from under Andy Dalton. Didn't get a sack, which I thought at the time he got, but then we see that he fell across the, the scrimmage line. But, again, the things that he does are just – it's amazing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and that was the thing. And not only did they run at him the very first play, they ran at him two times in a row. Yes, goals yes. To start the game. And the second time, he just absolutely whipped Jawan Johnson uh, and was in the backfield immediately. So, I was like – Oh, so this was your game plan. Well, you can scratch that off the list. Don't run at TJ Watt. <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly you correct. Your lesson. And th- and so I think that was exactly the point is that he just he commands so much attention and for right reasons, right? Because when you allow him to run the hump um and and, and chase down a guy, that's what happens. And yes, Andy Dalton was fortunate to get across the line of scrimmage. So that did not count as a sack, just counted as a tackle, a very aggressive, very frenzied tackle. But also, I want to say, he absolutely Ryan Ramchek. Um, I, I, you know, I know he, I know he's also dinged up and he's dealing with the knee and everything. And you know, he was out there, bat- but T.J. Watt was owning him. Yeah, the inside was his move to make, um, and he took liberties in that on more than one occasion. And I would say that. TJ had at least three quarter, three to four quarterback pressures where he forced Andy to get the ball out early. And that, mm-hmm. I think that's what led to some of the, the inefficiencies, not being able to put the ball directly on his receivers because of that hidden stat line that TJ brings out Yep, is that, you know, guys have to speed up their progressions. Quarterbacks have to get the ball out quicker. Receivers have to try and get out of their cuts faster and, Sometimes they just they just they just couldn't do it because he was in your face immediately and it's like throw this ball or get hit in the face very hard by a guy who doesn't like me um, <laughs> because I'm wearing a different jersey. Uh, that was your that was your business decision you had to make at, the, at those moments and I and I thought that was something that really helped this secondary out was forcing the issue, forcing the errant throw, or forcing him to throw the ball away. It all made for a good harmony on the defensive side of the ball. You know, for the sake of journalistic integrity, I got to go back to that first opening series because I forgot that on the first play, you know, with the Saints backed up on their own nine-yard line, the the house was rocking so much you got a false start. So we got that. You go from the nine, you're back to the five. And then it was was, uh, Kamara running for no gain with Watt and Hayward. And then it was Taysom Hill trying it for one yard with Ogunjobi and Watt. So I have to I have to say that just for the sake 
of journalistic integrity because we have standards here too in the locker room. Well, well, you know, a second physically physical run play because you know the penalty does count as technically the first play of the game. Right. So you're absolutely yeah. right. so you can say, and they probably even on that false start probably was running at T.J. Watt. You know what I'm saying? I so, so. <laughs> yeah. So it technically, it was the first three plays of the game they ran at T.J. Watt <laughs> <laughs> based off. Of, Based off of your research. <laughs> Based off my research here. Only two of them counted, though. <laughs> true word. True word. But T.J. Oh, Watt okay. does do so very much. And, again, drawing so much more. We think about, it, uh, you know, Alex Highsmith, um, you know, comes back and, and is able to notch two sacks because T.J.'s drawing a lot of the chips and the, the walls again. You know, I mean, it's, it's just outstanding when you have somebody like that that can – create more opportunities for the other people along. And I think back to last year, how in the world do you get 22 and a half sacks, which should have been 23 and a half and the record, but you do that when you know the, the, the opposing OC is like doing everything he can to, to nullify you, to make you neutral. And remember, we did miss him for a couple of games. Uh, last year yes, as well. Yes, absolutely. So imagine had he actually played a full 17 games. Yeah, oh, man. He he would have actually have probably broke the record before that Baltimore game and not needing uh, that, that sack on Huntley um, to count because – so you think about it, he did it, what, I think it was 15 games? He missed two games, right? I believe it was two. Right, and he, I think parts of a cut another yeah. game or two. Yeah, well, he missed he missed the second half of the second game of the season. You got a good so memory, man. There, there was a half there. Yeah, well, no, I, I I remember the significant injury because we lost Tyson Alawalu that same game. Right. So Correct. we we had lost both of them right there. So that's why it sticks out in my head. And then yeah, so so about two and a half games he missed with with rep time. Um. So yeah, no, he, he he's he he he's he's ridiculous. I mean, he's a he is a specimen. And all I can say is he's a specimen. I mean, I don't even know. Because there's no human tangible adjectives you can use because he's that he's he's that forceful. Um, so you you, you just got you got to go to generalities of you know carbon based beings like that. That's literally I guess you know old he has man higher carbon. Old man Watt must be one heck of a a guy. You know what I mean? You have two boys that come up and they win defensive player of the year awards. I mean, it just it's yeah. phenomenal. I mean the. The genes and genetics running through the Watt family must be ridiculous. You got three, of course, with Derek, you know, and uh, being an offensive yeah. guy. I don't know what happened there. You know, he didn't get the uh, d- defensive gene, but he sure as heck got a, a good offensive gene. And watching him yesterday, he had a couple of rushes there for, what, fourth downs, third downs, getting first downs. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. That's old-fashioned ha- fullback. Little- Little hammer and Henry right there, you know what I'm saying? Like just boom, boom, boom. Like, uh, oh, Najee's gonna get his hundred. No, he's not. Derek Watt's gonna get the first down. <laughs> That's essentially how it happened. How about Najee? And you got to give a game ball to Najee. All right, he's oh, been under absolutely. the gun. He's been under the absolutely. gun for a while and and taking some some heat and everything. Um, and and rightly so in in some cases, you know, but not rightly so in others. But to see this young man come out and see the man that you know, that's who he is. That's what it was. You're Okay, now can this be a trigger point, a reference point, where he looks back and says, I've done it before, I'm going to do it again. And I hope this is something that is is really he he's able to embrace and move forward with. Well, yeah, no, definitely. I, I feel like this is, a, this is a launching pad for him. 
And let, let, let's see. Second half. New life. Right. Less de- less decisions, more action. I, I, I like I like the mindset that he had coming into this game. And like I said, one of one of the epitomes of those moments was after that thirty six yard run, you know, he gets pulled for an evaluation with the red hat for potential concussion and just the amount of anger he had. Yes. <laughs> because he got pulled. He understands the procedure, but he's like, No, I, I want to make sure we understand this and we're clear. I'm fine. I no, nothing's wrong with me. I'm good. I'm tired because I just ran 36 yards away from guys who want <laughs> who who wanted to beat me up. But you know, just like just like when you run from school, you're like, okay, I got I got to beat the bullies to the park. You know what I'm saying? Like I got to get on my high horse. That that was what he had, and wanting to get back in the game because he knew what that momentum looked like. He felt it, and I think for him and the extensive experience he has as a running back and knows when things are in groove with your offensive line, a la his days at Alabama, he gets sense. He's like, hey, I don't, I don't want to miss this opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to, I want to get it now. It's like, it's like if you were a time saver salesman in that moment, you probably, could, you probably could have sold him, probably could have sold Najee a, uh, a sweet two-bedroom condo over there in, uh, in Key West at that moment, right? You know, he was just – he was so locked in and so bought in to everything that was happening – with the offensive line and with the offense in that moment. And he did not want to miss an opportunity to be in there giving it his all. And what a job he did do. No question about it. Yes, he did. All right, Wolf, we're going to, we're going to step aside one more time for the bell lap of the show. So I guess we got to be faster with our, uh, with our, with our game balls. Yep. Less, less talking about catalyst (laughs) dynamite and hand grenades. uh, When we come back. So we're, we're going to toss a few. In the uh, in the good old virtual virtual firing range that's attached to our locker room, and then when we come back, finish up with the end of the show here in the locker room at Wolf and Starks on ESPN and SNR Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey, I just want to point out that if you miss any of the iconic moments that shaped Pittsburgh Steelers history, say you weren't there, you weren't even born yet. Or maybe you were born and you weren't really a fan at that point. And now you are, well, good news. We have you covered with the all-new Hall of Honor Museum located right at Akershire Stadium, right above the Steelers' uh, sideline shop. And the interactive exhibits, which include interactive videos, musics, calls to learn about each moment and each player, archives. Fans can view six championship rings, artifacts from all over uh the greater Western PA area, as well as across the country from great Steelers of the past, um, donating into the museum, game-worn uniforms. It's beautiful. You know, Wolf, you got to see the museum. I got to, wa- I got to walk through the museum over this past weekend with Heath Miller, and it's absolutely stunning. Yes. I mean, the Steelers did a tremendous job letting you walk through the timeline that is the Pittsburgh Steelers um, from present, from his humble beginnings. You know, it even shows 
you know, the McGinley Rooney Boxing Association, right? Their boxing club they had yes. back in the early 30s, up until the time they actually made the purchase of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the history that ensued. Um, all of the coaches, all of the famous players throughout the years. There's uniforms, life-size, you know, embodiment replicas of the players wearing their uniforms. There's real hair uh, <laughs> used for the Troy Palomalu one. i just like to point that out. It's not Troy's hair. Troy did not cut his hair to be put in a museum, but it is real human hair. I thought that was that was humongous. Um, but it was just it was so much fun to walk, and especially to walk through with Heath and his family um, at, on the night that Heath gets inducted into the Hall of Honor. It was, it was a special moment. I walked through with – I think a guy who will also be going into the Hall of Honor uh, sooner rather than later, one number seven, Ben Roethlisberger. It was oh, just yeah. great to see the teammates, and we had a, just a, a great time. So I just want to make sure I, I steer people. If you want to go book your tour at um, the Steelers Hall of Honor Museum, go to Steelers.com slash museum. The hours are Wednesday through Monday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., last tour of the day being at 3 p.m., and days and hours, of course, are subject to change. It, it benefits the Art Rooney Scholarship Fund, but it is truly, um, if you love history, if you love the Steelers, well, you're in luck. That is the place to go, Wolf. And uh, there might be a little surprise in there. You know, you might you might catch little, I, I, I think, Easter eggs of you and I throughout the museum, Wolf. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's our best way of saying yeah. we did not get we did not get featured at all, but we, but we're there. We're part of the history. We're, we're part of the history, man. It's it's such a privilege and an honor to be able to do the things that we've done, and I am uh, oh oh so very uh, grateful for um, everything. You know, I mean, it's just it's yeah. just awesome. You go through there, and and I I'm sure you were like I was. Those some of those pictures they take you back to a moment, but then some of the videos put you in the moment and it was just absolutely, oh, absolutely. incredible and i thought uh alec uh, balanciga did a great job putting videos together bob labriola the the historian of the pittsburgh steelers wrote just about every word in there and putting this thing together a huge job by by labs and pulling this thing off and so many other people that were all part of this uh it was just really a great job by these people to bring you something all of us Steeler fans something that uh is it, it just is so different than anything I've experienced before with the Steelers so it's an opportunity to really see it as you know what to fit, get all those little nooks and crannies of Steelers franchise history out in the open with you know understanding it was just tremendous no it, it was indeed so we invite everybody to go out there book your tour go see it and um, it's definitely a destination point if, if for Steeler fans um, across the country. You you gotta you gotta make it there and you gotta see it if you have time before a game, um, or you're staying in town the day before a game or after. I encourage you go see it. It's special. All right, Wolf. We have to do a little rapid fire right, rapid right. fire water cooler here for our game balls. Um, how many more do you have left? I got three defensive. Okay. I'll let go. We'll just name all three of them, and then I'll name. I have a defensive. If there's no overlap, and then I have another offensive one. Okay. We'll go uh, number one, DeMonte Casey. You come off Boom. of nine weeks of, you know, getting the – you got screws and plates in your arm, but you come You're off – You're bionic of the, man. Bionic man. He is the bionic man. 
He came over, great hits and an interception. There's one. Second one I would give to um, Robert Spillane. Uh, I thought he did a great job standing in for Miles Jack, uh, led the team in tackles, was a consistent run stopper throughout. And the third one that I throw to is Alex Highsmith because of the fact that uh, he had a couple of sacks. Okay, well, I, I love it. And Demonte KZ was going to be my other game ball as well, so we concur and overlap on that one. Good stuff. Deontay Johnson. I'm giving it to Deontay. There you go. But because I thought Deontay came up big. I thought he had some great plays. And, you know, and that's what that's what you're talking about. You know, when, you're, when your main receiver, um, you know, is now that focal point, and for him to still just execute at a high level, that was something that just made me happy. And so Deontay, you know, the four catches for 63 yards, but that long bomb of 36 yards down the sideline was a huge play. Big, big so play. I got to give it to him. Uh, got to give one to George Pickens because not only – did George Pickens have a rushing touchdown in this game? <laughs> but he had that beautiful end around as well. That was that was just awesome. And of course, to go along with three catches for thirty-two yards, um, you know, those were my two other offensive that I had to get in there because I thought they did a good job. Especially when you're talking about, well, what can we be without Chase Claypool? I think I think we're doing just fine. Saw a lot of reps from Miles Boykin and company. But um, it was really cool to see. So, all right, Wolf, we've given out all our game balls. That's it, man. We, we've ran the bell lap. Now the horses need their carrots, <laughs> preferably carrots shaped like lasagna, um, if we had a choice. You ain't kidding. But, uh, yeah, but if you miss any of our show, just please feel free to go and download either on the Steelers mobile app or on the iHeartRadio app or wherever else you get podcasts. We are there. You can get our show in the locker room of Wolf and Starks if you search it. It's updated daily, so you get all of this. If you didn't hear it live, you get to hear it on replay. And luckily, all of, all of these episodes age well. Uh, but also, you can go get The Blitz. Wes and Motsi doing their job. Uh, I've li- I listened to it the other week, and I, I, I was, I was uh, having a good time just laughing at uh, both of them. They, they're, they're great. They're a great show and a great listen. Wow, they sound like with cool guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they do. They do. If, if, you, if, I don't say, if you don't say so yourself, right? Uh, <laughs> and then also – uh, you know, the Godfather will be dropping his uh, his podcast twice a week. Actually, will be starting tomorrow. Tomorrow, Tuesdays and Thursdays, you can get the Godfather, Stan Saverin, dropping his news and bits. And, of course, tomorrow, it's a big day. I'm not, I'm not going to ruin it just yet, but there might be a pretty cool Steelers Week in Review hosted by somebody that we know. Apparently, he's a really cool guy, but I, I, I don't, I don't want to burn it yet. I, 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 like to over, I like to overkill it on Tuesdays. There you go. Uh, along with the Mike Tomlin press conference. And then, of course, Game Day Podcast with Bob Labriola and Mike Tomlin. All right, we've paid off the family of SNR radio shows and podcasts. You do the rest. Like, subscribe, listen. We love you guys. Have a great day today, and we'll be back here tomorrow. Same bat channel, same bat time on SNR and ESPN Radio. You're in the locker room. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.